guys, welcome back to the Black Bite podcast, where myself and my tech friends will be helping underrepresented groups navigate careers in tech. I'm your host, Renee Louise, a current software engineer from a non-traditional background. And today we'll be continuing our conversation with Toya in part two, where we talk about becoming a venture scout, insights on staying motivated and organized, all while having multifaceted responsibilities. If you've not listened to episode one yet, please, I urge you to go and listen to that because we really delve into Toya's story of how he switched from finance into technology and was able to effectively level up in two years to seniority, which is amazing. So please go and listen to that so you get a backstory or you might be missing a bit of context here. But anyway, about to get into this episode. Enjoy. Tell me a bit more about how you got to Add Adventures and becoming a venture scout because that's amazing. Yeah, I think, I think definitely. Yeah, I think before I touched the Add Adventure stuff, I think one thing I've just always been more interested in is like I've never been like super passionate to work on like big tech. Like it's never really appealed to me to work for like big kind of conglomerates and, and machines and unicorns. I think the the appeal has always been startups and like zero to one less kind of like one to a hundred um i think i feel like that's more sexy like this idea of like building something at the early stages right. so i've just naturally always drawn to those kind of spaces and in, in industries so naturally startups are probably where i want to pitch my tent um and then yeah ada ventures came about actually by a black valley where i think it was the founder leke who um, knew about this opportunity and I was like hey I think it might, this might be a good opportunity for you to, to kind of delve into the world of VC so I've always been naturally by working with startups I've always been interested in the VC space um, and like the fundraising industry um, in fact there was, a, there was a startup I tried building like two years ago that I was never able to get off the ground which was like it was like an AI matchmaking tool for, for startup founders and VCs and the whole point was to similar to I guess like a Tinder but mm-hmm. for for matching the two, because right now there's a big problem with just like democratizing access to capital on the investor side, but on the founder side, it's just access to VCs in the first place is just a bit ambiguous and big. So I'm trying to build like a tool that helps streamline the whole process. Um, wow. So I feel like yeah, I've just always been like interested in like the VC space, and then the, the Scout program presented like a good first step um, to learning more or like position myself more in that space so there was an online application I had to fill out and I think the, the things they look for on their side is like are you someone who's like embedded in the founder ecosystem and just by virtue of the work I've been doing with Black Valley and just the amount of freelancing I've been doing um, they kind of saw that as a huge plus for them so they're quite passionate on how I can help on the founders on the Black Valley program um, help them raise money by the ventures so They've been absolutely great and it's been a huge blessing to be a part of that initiative and they're super passionate about diversity in in the VC space. So again, this is like a huge alignment there. Um, so yeah, that's how I got in. It was just Leke just sending me the form and said, hey, you think this is a good opportunity? And I applied and in some way, shape or form, they gave, they gave me the opportunity. So yeah, super, super grateful. That's incredible. And it sounds like you have a very valuable network because the fact that one thing keeps leading to another opportunity in just you moving forward is just amazing. Yeah, 100%. Like, yeah, I think 
but half the battle is just like showing up to these spaces um, and then I think you, you, you find out quite quickly how one one decision snowballs into another how one opportunity can lead to different things so I'm always open to like networks and opportunities that happen and you, know, you, just, you just never know where it's going to lead so well, I'm yeah. definitely inspired by the fact that you keep showing up in the right places because I think my biggest battle when it comes to networking is leaving my house. Honestly speaking, <laughs> I know a lot yeah, of people. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not easy. And I think you're right. Like, that's the biggest battle. Once you're actually there, you're having a great time. You know, the opportunities are boundless. So, yeah. 100%. 100%. I think, yeah, I'm just... Just going into it with an open mind and just ready to receive whatever it is that might be out there for you. Um, and I think, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. The hardest part is to show up. Once you're there, it's like going to the gym. Uh, the hardest part for me is actually leaving my house and getting there. But once I'm in the gym, I'm having the time of my life. But I know tomorrow morning when it's time to leave again, I'm going to struggle. But yeah, 80% of the battle is just going and you, know, you just never know what it's going to lead to. So yeah. go, yeah, man, go. No, that is incredible. So with adventures, is there anything that you have learned so far that has like been quite transformational? I've kind of been in the middle of it and seen what the process is like for VCs choosing which fantasy investing has been like so enlightening. Mm. So I have a lot of conversations with the analysts and um, there you kind of um you like talked me through their rationale when it comes to deciding what's an investable company and what is an investable company. And just hearing firsthand what they're looking for as one helps me I'm super passionate about building startups so startups I've been involved in it helps me think about okay we want to raise money here what the investors are looking for let's build towards that um, so it's helped me in that, in that regard and then two when it comes to me to source um, founders for them and source different for them I know immediately kind of oh this is something they're interested in this they won't even kind of do a second glance at so I think yeah the, the most kind of enlightening thing is learning the rationale um, and the criteria that VCs are after. I think it's often quite different to what we think it is. Uh, right. So that's been like, yeah, super grateful. So Toya, with all the hats that you wear, how do you stay organised and manage your time effectively? So, good question. I think, I think I'm always kind of learning different ways to do it. And I think the most transformative thing I've learned is... Um, it's a theory called like deep working so it's a really good book if you wear like different hats and you want to be a lot more productive but deep working is just like a guide full of like different advice to help you like harness focus and it's distractions because we're, we're in such a in 21st century we're just inundated with so much distractions so deep work is how can you just zero down on one thing for a specific amount of time and, and not be distracted so um Essentially, what the book kind of advises you to do is rather than work for a long amount of time than one thing, is why not you just split up your time into smaller chunks and work um, more intensely at a specific task or goal. So what that looks like practically is me at the start of every week blocking out time in my calendar for specific things, which sounds so obvious and simple, um, but I promise it's like transform how I think about work and my productivity so I know for example Tuesday evening 7 to 9 this is what I'm focused on and everything else I'm doing is irrelevant this is what I've set up my time to do or like Wednesday 10 to 12 Thursday 3 to 5 like all my time is accounted for and it's focused on a specific thing and I think that helps me 
just kind of make my way through my to-do list and all the things I'm involved in. I think previous to that, I used to have a lot more like young ho style, where it's like whatever I feel like doing, <laughs> does something new today, which feels nice, but just means you never get anything done. Yeah. But yeah, just approaching a deep work mentality, um, a super, yeah, it's a super transformed my productivity and efficiency. Not to say I'm, I'm a genius or a master, right? I'm still so bad. I'm still, <laughs> I still mess up most days and not, but I think, yeah, just having like a more streamlined focus. Yeah, it's just kind of helped me a lot and you end up realising you have more time than you think. Um, yeah, I say that, that that's kind of what's helped me the most. So yeah, if you're in a similar place, read Deep Work, really good book. Um, I can't remember what the author is, but yeah, you can find it online. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be buying that book after this conversation. I have Audible, so I'm going to get it on Audible with my new credit. Every year, the propaganda for Audible is getting more and more. And I'm like, I probably should start audiobooks, but I don't know. I just never really gotten... Is it help? Like, do you feel like you're learning as you're listening? I do. I feel like, unfortunately, with Audible because you're not actually reading anything physically you end up multitasking so i like it because of that but at the same time i think the whole purpose of reading you should kind of physically be reading and learning new vocabulary and just not doing anything else so yeah i think i try to do a bit of both now like because before i was solely audible but now i'm like okay i need to read a book as well like I need to actually read with my eyes. <laughs> yeah, I, like I might give it a shot. It's not, I keep hearing how like really good it is, and I think yeah, the freedom to like listen whilst you focus on stuff is like actually you can end up reading for a lot more books that way. But I don't yeah. know, maybe I'm just old fashioned. Like I feel like I need a hard copy physical thing to to kind of flip my fingers through. But I give it a shot and see. Because yeah, every year I'm like maybe I should try it, but I never get around to it. So yeah let me know if you do try it how it goes because it kind of feels like listening to a podcast in the background and you're still getting all of the knowledge yeah Maybe, that's true yeah so yeah just let me know how you how it goes for you if you do try cool so like what keeps you motivated toya no brilliant yeah brilliant brilliant question i think knowing that i have bills to pay at the end of three months is a good motivational tool <laughs> oh but outside of my landlord being down my neck um I think to understanding like the big vision of my life helps me navigate the smaller decisions I have to make and like, it helps me keep motivated. So like, I know the picture I'm, I'm, I'm running or walking towards and who I want to be down in a few years. And just having that in mind helps a lot. Two, I think what really keeps motivated is like the community I'm around in. So like seeing other people who are not so far from removed from like accomplish all these amazing successes like really encourages me and inspires me and motivates me to follow a similar path so i think surrounding myself with the network i have just like super motivated people who are super happy about what they do it just kind of naturally bleeds off onto me yeah. like i don't think i'm a naturally super motivated person but i have friends who are crazy if you think i do a bunch of things like meet my friends like they do what I do on steroids. So naturally being around those kind of people, like the fire and intensity they have just, yeah, it just bleeds off into me and I, I can catch a similar level of motivation and enthusiasm. That helps me a lot as well. Um, yeah, I'd say those two things really. Um, yeah, yeah, just community and understanding who it is you want to become in five, 10 years, 15 years time. Yeah. Um, helps you a lot. I love that and I keep telling you throughout this episode that I just love the fact that you've kept yourself 
in such environments with such value such a valuable network and I think sometimes when you don't do that then you end up swimming upstream because you never want to be the person yes. in your group that is doing the most you know like is kind of trying inspiring everybody else but you're not feeling inspired yourself so I just love yeah, the fact that uh, yeah you're in that environment yeah I heard someone say something once about how if you're the smartest person in the room you need to get in better rooms Yep, and that's just my approach. To, like, I want to be the dumbest person in most rooms that I find myself in, and just being in those environments constantly. You just realize one, you can dream a lot bigger than you're currently dreaming, and two, like the 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 potential of what you can do is limitless. Like, if these people who are no different to me can do all these amazing things, there's nothing stopping me myself doing it as well. So, yeah, man, community is big. Community is really big. Absolutely. And you have to be a certain type of person to be able to be around such greatness without feeling like jealousy or feelings or like any negative feelings, really. You know, you have to be somebody who's quite humble, who's also just inspired by that greatness. 100%. I think you're obviously naturally that that kind of envy and comparison kind of rears its head and you have to fight against that. I think, yeah, it's, it's just so helpful to gravitate towards those rooms and people. And oftentimes, it's means you have to just be a big and uh, just be willing to, like, humble yourself and ask for help and guidance. And like, Some of the best relationships I have in my life are people who I, I look look um, up to and who I really um, admire and just asking them, like, yo, can you help me? Like, I'm super encouraged by what you do. I'd love to learn and just sit at your feet almost and just learn as much wisdom and advice as I can. And it's a bit awkward and it's it goes against everything society probably tells you, but I think it's been so rewarding for me. So The results are definitely showing in your life. So keep doing what you're doing because it's clearly working. Yeah. We're trying, man. We're trying. Yeah. So how do you unwind then? Like from all this stuff that you do, how do you like say, you know what, I'm taking a break and I'm just going to do something that's not tech, not work and just chill? Yeah. Finally, here's the question I've been waiting for. I love, I love an unwind. <laughs> one thing, one of the biggest things for me, and it's not for everyone, and like I already feel people rolling their eyes as I say it, but I love gaming. Like I absolutely love it. Um, I think it's the idea of like escaping into a world yeah. where the only thing that matters are these pixels on a screen for these next few hours. It's so valuable for me. Just being able to retreat. Right. And escape like all the business of life, all the deadlines I've got. And my sole focus is shooting this person online or getting this ball in the net. Yeah. Just helps me just unwind and not think about kind of the worries and troubles of life. So I absolutely love gaming. And that's been like my safe space since I was a child. And then two is football. Like any excuse to get some friends around to get to a local power league and kick a ball. That's, those are the two main things. But again, football is it's another form of that escapism where it's just like, for the next few hours, all that matters are these other 10 guys on a pitch and trying to win. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, just finding little pockets in which you can escape and relax and not have to worry about the things you probably um, need a break from worrying about are super, super helpful. So, yeah, so I'll say find, find whatever that may be, whether it's, it's I don't know, sewing or going south to dancing on a Wednesday evening. I think everyone just needs a pocket escapism somewhere in their life. Oh, I love that. It sounds like you've got your time to unwind down packed, like either gaming, the football, hanging with friends and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm surprised you 100%. actually find time to, to do it, honestly, with everything that you do. But Oh, no, I'm really t- 
But I, I think that's what you have to do. You have to go out of your way to carve out time to enjoy the things you enjoy. So in a similar way where like I might deep work and like schedule in time to do a project, I will schedule in time to play my games. Like a hundred percent. If I were the first thing I schedule it beyond anything else. Oh, wow. Just because I know how valuable those moments of retreating and resting is, and it just makes me more productive, not less productive. So I think it's a rethinking how we think about rest and renewal. Yeah. Um, like it's not taking away from my productivity, it's actually enhancing it. Yeah, it's almost like charging, so recharging you. 100%, 100%. So I know what I'm like when I'm crazy, so yeah. I need, I need my, my few hours of game. No, I love it. Like you're on the right track when it comes to work and even work-life balance as well. So that's super inspiring. And I feel like I've learned so much from you just in this conversation alone. I do have a couple more questions. Yes, no, go for it. So one is, could you tell us a time that you have failed or a time that you had like a massive challenge and how did you like overcome that challenge? Oh, I can talk about failures for days. I think the most glaring one was in university, I did a placement year uh, where I went to corporate audit in a role that I utterly failed at. Like, I was so bad at the job. Um, like, my managers would, like, look at me, like, bro, what you did? Like, you should know better than this at this point. I'd be, like, eight months in, and there's still, like, mistakes I'm making. I'm like, bro, at this point, you shouldn't be making those mistakes. Yeah. And, like, I remember one time my manager pulled me in for a meeting and was like, bro, like, when I say possible, like, you suck, like, what's going on? Da, 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 da. Oh, and no. that, I remember leaving that, that kind of year feeling like I was an utter failure. Oh. Um, but in hindsight, looking back at it now, it wasn't that there was anything wrong with me or, like, I had any inadequacies in that kind of regard. But it was just because that role just wasn't for me. Like, it, it wasn't an environment I would have thrived in. It wasn't an industry that I cared much about. Right. So it was less about kind of fault inside of me and to just realise it, it just wasn't a good match for me and then not taking it personally and then what that spurred me on to do was to find an environment in which I did fighting which ended up being tech randomly um, so I think what well, yeah I guess the better advice was just not taking failures personally sometimes but sometimes it's just you're just not in the right environment and I guess second to you right, is finding an environment in which you thrive and, and, and naturally um, your strengths get to be nurtured yeah. So I'll take that really. Um, yeah, that year I learned a lot about myself, about my interests, about my strengths and my weaknesses. Yeah. And then once you recognize your weaknesses, you just build around them and not take it personally. Yeah. No, I love how you took that as a learning experience as opposed to something defining about your character. Because I think it's often yeah. that we can, like when we fail at something, we think, oh no, there's something wrong with me. But it sounds like you really reflected on it and you failed fast and now you've kind of found your feet and you're just taking every stride. Yeah, I think fail fast. I think that's probably the biggest advice for even like founders and startups. Launch fast, fail fast, learn fast and iterate fast. Like you learn more from failing than you succeeding so yeah. I think we should actually yeah rethink how I think about failure um yeah so that's helped me tremendously what's one piece of advice you can tell someone that is listening who wants to break into the technology space yeah I don't know about one piece but I'll say a bunch of stuff and hopefully one of them resonates with you firstly I think just have patience with yourself um I think understanding that you're learning something brand new. This is me assuming to someone who's trying to pivot step for the first time. But like I can remember, and I guess Renee can probably testify to this way, when we did our boot camp, I thought like I was an idiot. 
like everyone was moving so much quicker than I was and I thought oh my gosh like I'm never going to get this thing and I speak to students all the time who go through a similar thing and I promise you like 80% of learning how to code is just sticking at it and just being consistent and showing up every day to learn and eventually I promise you there's one day where the penny just drops and you're like oh my gosh I finally get it but I think most people I come across with they give up before they get to that stage and I just promise you, if I can do it, you can. And just stick at it long enough. It, it will make sense at some point. And then two, I'd say, if you're trying to break in for the first time, like the climate right now for recruitment is so intense. Like everyone's been laid off. I was laid off last year. Like like 80% of my friends who work in tech have been laid off last year. So right now, like this demand for for jobs are so high so like now it's just going to be so much harder to stand out so what i'd say to do is you need to have a strong portfolio of stuff that you've done um like cvs are all well and good but you need to be able to tangibly show recruiters okay here's stuff i've actually built and be able to talk them through that so if you don't have any projects you can work on one just make up fake ones or two reach out to small businesses reach out to friends uncles and aunties they like, hey do you want me to make your website and just kind of do it for free um, and I think, yeah, portfolio and work just holds so much weight now. Uh, and in a climate that's so tough to find a job, you need to stand out as best as you can. So I'd say, yeah, those two things have helped me massively. It's just freelancing, have a portfolio, and, yeah, just shout about what you do. Um, and don't undersell yourself. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'd say those two things. And I can definitely co-sign on those things. Having a portfolio is so important in this day and age. Oh, my goodness. Like... So thank you so much, Toya, for sharing that. No worries. No worries. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Yeah. And I hope I was able to help someone with all the nonsense I've been vomiting for the last few minutes. <laughs> but, uh, Even if you have not helped anyone else, you have definitely helped me. And I'm sure you've helped a lot of other people who are listening as well, because I've been literally taking notes here as you're speaking. And I'm like, yeah, okay, this is the things I need to improve on. These are the things that, you know, I have maybe not thought about. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge, being super transparent about your journey. And I just wish you every success in where you're going because it seems like you're going to do great things. No, thank you, thank you, thank you. So to our listeners who have been here for the whole conversation, please do make sure you follow Toya. Could you tell us where that we can find you, Toya? That's a good question. I'm very hard to find because I'm not very... uh, (laughs) I'm, I'm, I probably should be more online than I am. And every year I'm like, you know, I'm going to post more and all that stuff, but I never do. But I do have accounts as to whether or not you're going to see me post. That's a, that's a, a, a prayer point. <laughs> but um, you can find me pretty much everywhere. So, yeah, you know, so, and I think I'll come up. So I'm pretty much mostly visible on LinkedIn. Right. And then second to that, Instagram. I have a Twitter somewhere that has cobwebs on it that I need to bring back. But if you find it there, I'll follow you back, I think. Uh, but yeah, that's me. Cool. Thank you so much, Toya.